I do remember being at a, a party and I had spent the night at the place and we're cleaning up the disaster the next day. And there's a bowl like upside down on the kitchen floor and it just picked it up and somebody made a, a full bowl of pudding and just like sandcastled it on the kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a, uh, a disappointing bowl to pick up. Man, those early 2000s pudding parties, there was nothing quite <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Welcome Freshman. Welcome Freshman went 52 episodes over four seasons on Nickelodeon. They were talking about episode one, which is called How We Look, originally airing January 6, 1991. But to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys... Gordo, Ferg, Joe, and Nick. What's going on, guys? Hey, oh. What do you expect? Yo. We're over 30. <laughs> <laughs> that one hurt, huh? Yeah. 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 Well, I will say this episode did give a lot of uh, options for intro quote. I was also a big fan of, hey, yo, how about some pudding toots? Which would be like, A pudding skin joke will always make you laugh. I don't know what it is about it. Pudding skin. Always funny. I've also never... Uh, seen pudding skin and i've heard that joke a million times because it's more when you cook it on the stove if you're just buying like packs of pudding it's never going to happen but if you're making it on the stove then that's that's how that works i don't think i've ever made pudding at home that was like the only way to do it for a while bought the like the snack packs or whatever before the pudding pops i thought i was your snack pack i do remember being at a a party uh when we were i was probably like like 18 or 19 and i had spent the night at the place and we're cleaning up the disaster the next day. So we're cleaning up the kitchen and there's a bowl like upside down on the kitchen floor and it just picked it up and somebody made a, a full bowl of pudding and just like sandcastled it on the kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a uh, a disappointing bowl to pick up. Man, those early 2000s pudding parties, there was nothing quite <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> so yeah, welcome freshman. It's um not a sitcom. Yep, not a sitcom. I don't know, man. It's like not quite a sitcom. It's it's sitcom-ish. In the third season, they changed the format to be straight sitcom. And I think that because all of this is memories from like 1993 or whatever, like I remembered it more of a sitcom, but this is definitely skirting the line. It's sitcom adjacent. Variety show. You could call this a skitcom. Yeah. Because this was not a sitcom. There's not really skits, though. But. They were, though. It was, like, random, like, shit inserted. Did anybody else, and I feel like I mainly got this from the transitions, did anybody else get, like, and it's not just because they're also kids in a hall, but did anybody else get kids in a hall vibes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because it's not the same kind of show. Part of it, too, is it's very kind of, like, beach punky, surfy music, and all the music for kids in the hall is the same way. Is it Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet, I think, or the band who does all the music for Kids in the Hall? Yeah, but like in, in between each scene or, you know, those transitions, it's like the black and white following someone through the hallway. Like, yeah. it, it just really reminded me of that. And then if it goes right into a sketch, it's very much like Kids in the Hall. Right, yep. 
Like if at yeah. one point they were guarding a gazebo, you'd be like, wait a minute, this is a little too much. <laughs> so you could say that this is a kid's version of Kids in the Hall. No. Well, I mean, kind it's like of. all that to SNL, you know, like welcome freshmen I, to I Kids in the Hall. I don't think that that was like intended in that regard. But I, I just to go back, for those of you listening who aren't familiar with the show, Welcome Freshmen was a sketch sitcom hybrid type show that existed in the early 90s. That's when I think Nickelodeon, the, like this era though, was when they had a ton of programming that I feel was like the golden age of like their programming maybe, but that could be because of our age. Yeah, this is pre-golden age. Them finding themselves. This is their golden age of non- cartoon stuff yeah but when this is coming out this is coming out at the same time as pete and pete and oh, this is hey dude 91 yeah you, i think you're thinking it's way earlier hey dude pete and pete salute your shorts um skate tv i think was 91 that might have been 90 yeah all this stuff's coming out at the same time so or you know within a couple years of each other and welcome freshman i think for i don't know why specifically but looking back at it it doesn't have that long-term nostalgia that these other shows had the hey dudes and salute your shorts i think one of the issues and we've actually brought this up and we talked about the show before and i think i'm correct in this assumption is that by season two it's really hard to make jokes all about them being freshmen because then they're sophomores yeah how many years can walter stay back <laughs> yeah they make walter stay back so there's still one freshman so i feel like it's a one note sort of joke that they kind of ruin yeah unless they had like especially in the early format, if they wanted to recast it every year, they kind of could have did it that way too, if they wanted. Which the original pilot that didn't air was a completely different cast. Right, yeah. And I saw that too, which is funny because Howie from the Backstreet Boys is one of the guys in it. Well, thank God that didn't work because then we wouldn't have gotten the Backstreet Boys. I mean, I like this cast very much, but I wish we didn't get the Backstreet Boys. I don't think one would have necessarily stopped the other. Half of NSYNC was tied up in the Mickey Mouse Club and it still worked out for them. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think if Howie had had a couple of year run doing a Nickelodeon show, if that would have halted everything. That's true. And also, Howie's not that important of a member of Backstreet Boys. Oh, okay. Boys. Hold on. Well, what if we replaced <laughs> Howie from the Backstreet Boys with Mr. Littman from Welcome Freshman? <laughs> and then the secretary can play drums. So, Welcome Freshman, as far as it goes, do you guys have a lot of memories of watching the show? Yeah, I hated it. The main thing I remember, and it all came back to me, like just the the transitions between just yeah. the the generic metal guitar between each thing and stuff, and it's like that's the show to me. Most vividly, I remember the kid who looks like David Bowie. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Merv. 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 Yeah. Merv the perv. He just looks like uh, a, like he. I and I don't really remember anybody else or any. You know who I did remember, and we'll get into it more when he actually shows up, is the principal. He stuck yeah. out to me. The principal reading the announcements and doing jokes was like the one vivid thing I remembered. The one thing that flagged like my like member berries was the Mr. History thing. I was like, yeah. oh shit, I remember that. But yeah, it's a show I, I remember loving the show when it had its original run, but I don't remember anything about it really other than them all sitting there and like how it like transitioned through that central spot. That's all I really remember about the show. And did you guys notice that, like, every scene, they're wearing different clothes because it's, like, a different day? Yeah, it's a lot of flashbacks, you know, quote-unquote, so. It's a lot of setup and then get into the into the bit. And uh, real quick, just to remind everyone, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to follow us on social media, everywhere you can listen to us, things like that. Rate, review, subscribe, 
all that stuff. I say it all the time. I usually say it at the end, like, need to say it more in the beginning. Interact with us, message us. We like talking to you guys. So keep it up. S1E1 pod on Instagram and Twitter. I think we might as well just get into it. And then I guess as we go along, can maybe even tie that into other Nickelodeon shows and stuff like that and how this show is formatted and how it's a little different from other things we've seen. And I think there's going to be that thing we did. The only other time we did a Nickelodeon show on our show was Hey Dude. And I think there we really try to look at it through the lens of being a child because that's the audience. Don't forget, we also attempted Pete and Pete. We attempted the last episode of yeah. Pete and Pete, which is uh, the only episode that we couldn't release because it was so bad. Uh, we didn't, not that we got through it all. Either. It wasn't like there was a full no. episode in the can. No, we made it about an hour in and we're like, let's all go to bed. This is not yeah, working. This isn't working. To get right into it, the episode starts and we see Merv and he's like, I guess the nerdy one of the bunch, but he's not, other than like certain moments, he's not like portrayed that way at all times. Like he gets picked on a little bit, but he's not. All the tropes of the nerdy kid on his show. I mean, towards the end, he gets nerdy. Oh, but they're all pretty much the same. He's not yeah. any more nerdy most of the time, though. Yeah. Yeah. They don't overly do the tropes. He starts super nerdy because he's in like the science lab making right. shit and stuff. And then like he's just hanging out normal later and then back to it. Like, I think an easy, an easy parallel for this show is Saved by the Bell. Like kids in school around the same time or whatever. And when they have, like, the quote-unquote nerd kids in Saved by the Bell, they do the full 80s nerd thing, like, high-waisted, you know, high-water pants and, like, glasses with tape on them. So Merv doesn't read as nerd at all. Right. But our first time seeing him, he's just alone in the science lab mixing glycerin and nitro. I don't know I what say, he's I would say he's, like, Minkus adjacent. I'll give him Minkus but adjacent. But he's not really, though. But he's more sociable, like, in part of that crew. That's the adjacent part. <laughs> who is the rich nerd who DJ dates for a little while in Full House? Nelson? Oh yeah, played by Jason Marsden, friend of the show. He's kind of like a less suave Nelson. So you see him kind of mixing some stuff, and, and then you cut into the main hallway, and you see um, the two main girls of the show, Alex and Tara, and they're, that's when they, they refer to him as Merv the Perv as they're walking down the hallway, which is such a terrible nickname to be stuck with at that age. <laughs> This is one of those things where kids will still, for sure, at that age, nickname their friend that, but a TV show about kids, for sure, can't say that. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely kids in high school right now who are like, oh, it's Merv the Perv. I totally, a thousand percent believe that. But Disney, like, iCarly can't say that. You know what I mean? Or Chester the Molester. It's just one of those... (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, you don't meet a lot of Mervs or Chester these days. It's making it hard. When you're calling a 15-year-old, yeah, when you're calling a 15-year-old Merv the Perv, it's, like, funny in school for a little bit, but then when they're, like, 25 and they're calling him Merv the Perv and there's, like, ramifications. <laughs> yeah. Can you not see us, though, early, like, early 20s at a bar, somebody is hitting on a girl, and the other, all the rest walk up, like, Merv the Perv! It would be, we would be jumping out of our skin to ruin people's moments. Well, you know what that reminds me of? I just sent you guys a video the other day, and it was, like, there was the kid at Walmart, and his friends all started chasing him, going, hey, why are you here trying to meet a 15-year-old boy? And they're, they're like, acting like it's a news thing. I was Fuck dying off. laughing. And then the kid's just, like, running, like, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're 26 years old. Why are you trying to meet a 15-year-old boy here at Walmart? They ran into so poor Chris Hansen, who's now working at that Walmart. And he's like, oh, <laughs> tides have turned. Yeah, what is, is Merv short for something, or is it just Merv? Mervin. Mervin? Mervin. Mervin. Like Merv Griffin. Is that true? Mervin? Mervin. Yeah, that's the remember in uh Robin Hood Men and Tights? Mervin. That's true. Your name is Mervin. 
to you, Mervin. <laughs> I, I can I can say Merv Griffin's real name is Mervin. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, then yeah. I mean, I've never heard the name Mervin before. I mean, it's Marvin with an E, right? It's just like a different. To be honest, guys, I was making that up. That's really the name. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's unfortunate. You didn't need to tell us that. You were right. And so the one time you actually made sense, you blew it up. I respect your honesty. <laughs> Ferg is the only one. I get double W's. But uh, to go back to the show, the girls talking about them, it, it's just kind of a transition. They're walking by. And that's just to kind of get you from point A to point B. And then we cut over to these four dudes who are all in the hallway with like the super ripped clothes, which it's an exaggerated thing. But at that time, it was somewhat in style. The ripped jeans was, but like one kid had a shirt that was just a, <laughs> square, like a square ripped out of the yeah. middle of it. Like where yeah. the graphic would be was just completely cut out. And they're all comparing the ripped clothes. I've definitely gone to stores before and been buying jeans and you see a pair of jeans that you liked or like fit well. And then you look and like right above the left pocket is some like fake cut or something. And you're just like, nope, I can't. I cannot allow myself to wear jeans with a fake rip in them. I will say this. I found a very comfortable pair of jorts at Old Navy that have rips all through them, and I am rocking them like a badass that I am. Wow. Remember that win you had earlier? Gone. I mean, I'm wearing jorts right now, too, but at one point they were pants. That's the only way I can wear jorts. Why are they jorts when they're shorts, but not jants when they're pants? Why is it Kansas and Arkansas and not Arkansas? Shut up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Think about that one. <laughs> I'll say this about jorts. It, 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 I've been a jo- I haven't worn jorts in 20 years, right? When do they stop being socially acceptable? But I'll say this, as everyone makes fun of jorts, what was so bad about them? Nothing. Stone Cold Steve Austin looked pretty cool in his jean shorts, I will say that. John Cena? They just got a bad rap one day and it was like out of the blue. Yeah, this very easy thing to match with anything else, like I just have these blue jean shorts that will go with every shirt I have. Yeah, I mean, they just uh Styles changed. I mean, yeah, the style changed, and jorts were like the, the like the spearhead of the change for some reason. It'll come back around. I mean, I don't think I would put on a pair of jean shorts though either. Like, I don't think they look good. Like it, they they did a good job of ruining the image. But it's all because of perception. Yeah, it's just people have made fun of them so relentlessly that that's the only reason people think the way they do now about them. I will wear my jorts and my New Balances. Uh, new Balance is different. I like New Balance. Well, I mean, we've already... Gordo has never really been one to... Fashion plate? Yeah, like, have any remorse as far as style goes. I mean, he's wearing tactical fanny packs with flip-flops at the airport, so... Fish flops at the airport. Not even going to ask what that means. They're fish, but in flip-flop form. They're like outline. They're like sandals, but instead of the bottom being like a normal shoe, they're shaped like a fish. The inventor of those had you in mind when they designed them. They were like, I know the perfect one person for these. <laughs> the best decision I ever bought. It had you and Florida in mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll sell one pair of these in the Northeast and thousands in the sun- sunshine of Florida. Would you guys like me to send a picture of my no. fish flops? No, I have a pretty good idea what they look like. So anyways, we cut back to Merv, who's adding something to this... Um. I want to say potion, but it's not a potion. <laughs> what is it? Formula. Like a concoction. Formula? Sure, yeah. So uh, whatever it is, that last thing that he adds to it causes an explosion. It's nitro and glycerin. Because I was like, is he making nitroglycerin? <laughs> Trinitrotolium. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what it is anyways. And I only remember that because of uh, 
was it Richie Rich, the movie? They have oh, like yeah, the sniffer yeah. that sniffs it out and uh, they say the full name. And I think that's what it was, but I don't know. Nick and I definitely almost did this under his basement stairs once when we were like 12 years old with a chemistry Yeah, and Gordo sprayed me in the neck with a fucking CO2 fire extinguisher. I loved going to your house because of your chemistry set and because of our friendship, but not stuff uh, we should have been playing with at our age. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> this explosion um, <laughs> causes uh, Merv to head out to that main hallway, and he's like staggering in now super tattered up dirty clothes. And those four guys see him and think that it looks awesome. And they want to make trades with him until he like collapses to the ground. And then one of the guys is like, I don't get it. I brush my teeth. This is the only music credit this guy has too. He's like a writer and director and producer who's done tons of stuff. And like a ton of shows we've covered and like, you know, has a long career, but he just like wrote one weird beach punk song. And that was like his music career. Well, that's what you do, though. You reach the pinnacle and you step away. Quit while you're Quit ahead. Quit drilling. We've struck oil. <laughs> yeah, he was probably like never like a studio mu- musician, but like played for fun and in bands with friends and stuff and then had an opportunity to write something for a show. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like you look at this first scene and it's it's again, it's so tough to watch this as like a 37 year old man and and try to get into this like space of like, OK, but this is for kids. It's not for me. But did any of this land? There wasn't no. a lot going on here, right? I'm okay with it for an intro. Yeah, it's just a quick yeah. intro. There's not much to it. I will say, though, too, I think a 12-year-old might find this enjoyable still. Like, this doesn't feel like it's out of time or too dated. And I think it's really geared for a little younger than that. I think it's yeah. kind of that 8 to 10-year-old, and it's really, and then you're seeing high school kids, which seems really cool that they're in high school. My whole thing is that, like, they call him Merv the Perv, and then, like, He's friends with them. Kind of confused yeah. me on a... Well, we're all very mean to one another. <laughs> I was going to say, the things we've called each other. We're no, no, friends. no. But I didn't get that they were friendly because it's high school. You know what I mean? You wouldn't just call someone Merv the perv and then be I like... I think, yeah, I mean, I think that back then that was a more of a more harmless term. And I think towards the end of the episode, too, there was even a point where Alex says, like, oh, I make fun of you guys because you're my friends. And so it's like, it's kind of addressed. Yeah, I feel like most friend groups, especially like you mentioned, it's like what we've been doing for 30 years to each other. We all rip on each other relentlessly. Yeah, if you have like a, an established nickname, that's different. But like, like a Cannoli Joe or something like that. But <laughs> I always forget that everyone calls me Cannoli Joe. I can't even walk through the North End. They just throw them at me. <laughs> I, like the, I just love the idea of you walking down the street and people hawking cannolis at you. <laughs> Like the burrito at Nick Cage and Weatherman. That's what happens to me every time I walk through the North End. Now, Joe, being where you're such a established connoisseur of cannoli, mm. is, do you have options with your dietary restrictions? I would imagine somebody makes a gluten-free cannoli, but since I hate cannolis, I've never looked into it. But I have bought <laughs> gluten-free pizzalis. I don't know why you're at this point of your life where you have to try to prove to everyone that you don't like cannolis. It's just like you, you established yourself for so many years as such an avid cannoli fan. I don't know why now you need to like rebel against it and denounce cannoli love. I, it's just a weird lane. I'm just trying to be cool to all the people out there who don't like pastry, just like me, you know, <laughs> just trying to impress that group. So you don't like any pastry? <laughs> I don't like, I mean, I like cookies. I like uh, cupcakes sometimes. I mean, I don't dislike, I'm not a big sweets person. I've just never liked cannolis. I don't like the filling. I don't like the, if I, I would always like the champagne cookies if we were going to an Italian bakery. 
<laughs> what about when cannolis are full of dog cum? I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to eat a dog cum cannoli. I'm not, I'm not made of stone. I've never done these before. <laughs> Now, uh, that movie okay. came out, and who would have thought that guy would become who that guy became? <laughs> you know what's even weirder? Oh, man, so tangenty. That movie is based on Burt Kreischer's story. <laughs> like, he sold yeah. the rights to his movie. Yeah. And then, like, He's also never seen it. <laughs> yeah, he won't watch it because they, like, took his story and made a different movie about it. <laughs> he yeah. didn't get paid for it. Yeah, because it was like a story in Rolling Stone or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was like, his school was like the number one party school in America, and then, like, the Peace ended up focusing on him because he was like the big party guy at the school, and it like his whole life shifted from that point. But he was just like a just a kid at school who was like a notorious party or like seven year freshman or uh, not freshman but seven year student. I have not seen that movie since it came out. I do not know if I would think that would hold up. I don't know. I mean, as we get older, I mean, how many of those movies do? I'm, I'm, it was still a fun, one. and I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan, so I can guarantee it'll still be funny. I don't think it'll be acceptable. Some of the jokes, <laughs> yeah, Ryan Reynolds movies, especially he's. He's like kind of rapey in all of the like the early two thousands, late ninety ones. His whole shtick was kind of like rapey seventies Chevy Chase. Yeah, I could, yeah. So to get back in his intro though, we talked about the guitar riff a little bit, just kind of like fuzzy black and white, kind of almost home movie footage, and you're kind of seeing the whole cast. I'm gonna do it. It's just so nineties. I feel like you, if you if you didn't live it, I don't know how you could properly explain it, but it's just so nineties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. And we find out that um, today's episode is called How We Look. They have, like, the narration and the title screen. I believe it was Tara's voice who said it. Tara Tara? Tara? I think Tara. Tara. Pina Pina. <laughs> Tara Colada. <laughs> is that her name? <laughs> so now we cut to the five kids, and they're all sitting in, like, <laughs> is it, like, the courtyard area of a mall? Is that where they're all yeah. sitting? I would call it the quad. The quad? Like, in the mall, though, right? No, they're in school. No, they're no, in school. school. <laughs> I've always thought they were in the mall. I think it's the mall because there's like a weird directory thing behind them. Yeah, I think they're in the mall and that's just where they meet up and they talk about stuff. No, they're in school in between classes. It's like when we used to hang out in the courtyard. Yeah, there's like kids walking around with backpacks and shit. You can bring your backpack anywhere. Right, but... I don't know. I, I agree that it makes sense to be in school, but then it looked more like a mall and then the, the background stuff. Well, we'll just call it the quad regardless. So they're either in school or the mall. And this is where these five people are always kind of hanging out. And the show is always centralized at this set. So we kind of keep getting to like cutaway scenes and sketches, but it always comes back to here. And this is the kind of the one thing that I really did remember about the show was this setup of them always sitting there and talking. This is home base. They're talking about how people only seem to care about how they look, uh, talking about their school, which is Hawthorne High. Yes. Tara looks right into the camera and gives us like short dialogue about how it's not what you look like, but it's more important who you are. And at first I was like, was she supposed to be looking into the camera? I thought it was like a mistake. I thought the same thing. It happens a couple times in the episode though. So it's definitely, but it throws you off the first time because you have no idea what the flow of the show is going to be. Yeah. It's like a weird almost way to talk to the audience because it is a younger audience and they're trying to like instill messages to the kids. But then and we'll talk about it when we get to it later. There are moments where they're doing and saying things that are not good messages for kids. So it's right, like, I don't yeah. know like what lane they're really going into. The girl Alex rips on Merv for his style, but a couple of the others defend him saying, no, it's kind of cool that he does his own thing and how, you know, everyone else is just trying to look like somebody who they're not. And it goes into, hey, remember when Merv man showed up after his mom's shopping spree? And they're like, oh man. <laughs> and, it, and we get into like the first like flashback. 
the dialogue, man, is just so it's very unnatural. Yeah. Unnatural, yeah. It's really the only the word. The dialogue is unnatural, but I feel like they're natural with each other. Like I don't feel like they don't have chemistry. I just feel like they don't know how to speak to a camera. When they're intermingling, they seem okay chemistry-wise, but whenever any of them have like a long solo like monologue or anything, it's you can tell that none of them are very established actors, which is it's why it's interesting to see that a pilot was filmed and like we need to recast yeah and then they recast it with a bunch of relative unknowns and i'll say this if you go to imdb and you click on cast it's almost almost everyone doesn't even have a picture yeah it's just a gray circle for everyone which shows you like how unknown most of these people are because there's people who are just career extras in movies who have imdb imdb profiles set up there's one person who has like a long career they have worked forever they've been in like bad boys and like all these movies and tv shows and have like an actual acting career and it's the guy who's like the don't hate me because i'm an intense dude (laughs) like that's the one guy (laughs) in the entire show because we did this i was like it's the early 90s i bet this is the show where some weirdo person will have been in mantis because i've been trying since this (laughs) thing started to find somebody who's been in mantis then oh man we haven't talked about mantis i know it's been a while i thought this would be the one instead yeah you go to everyone's imdb and there's like two credits I forget what the profession is, but if you go to Merv's website, it's like actor and architect. It's like, you don't have to say both, man. You can just say architect and like, maybe some people come in and be like, were you unwelcome freshman? You can talk about it, but it seems like a weird thing to push out there. What if he's an architect of schools? Yeah. So anyways, um, <laughs> we get to this flashback and we see everyone <laughs> from the crew minus Merv in the hallway. And the girls are laughing about uh, the clothes Merv's mom bought for him. They're all kind of just going back and forth telling different stories about things their mom have bought for them. I'm trying to, you know, I was trying to think like at that age when we we're like freshmen, I feel like at that point, mom was still funding most of my clothes, but right. I don't think the input was there as much. I was pretty much doing as I chose at that point. Yeah. yeah. They didn't like any of my clothing choices, but they weren't dr- dressing me. Right. Would have mom take me to Bob's, buy some new Jankos. Oh, I loved Bob's. <laughs> Bob's is, uh. Jenks. I feel like the Jankos were a little before we got into high school. I remember wearing that. Yeah, in they were school. mainly middle school. They were middle school. But boy, uh, and to those of you listening, I, I feel like most of you, and I we have such a weird, we don't have like a real demographic, right? We seem to have fans of, which is awesome, of all different ages. And anyone who's not aware of Jenkos, there was a point in time where you thought, how baggy could jeans get? <laughs> and Jenko really wanted to test that. And you basically wore a pair of jeans that had enough denim to make three pairs of jeans. And they were the baggiest jeans you have ever seen. Every pair, the the bottom got torn because you were dragging them along. Oh, yeah, you'd always have, like, straps hanging along. And they were insanely hard to fold because the waist was tiny because the waist is your waist size, but the legs are humongous. So, like, you'd fold them like a pair of jeans, and they would just, like, flop out all over the place. You had to do, like, a, a one-fold, you know, like, a triangle fold into the jean, like, into the legs, and then you would fold them conventionally after that. I didn't fold my own clothes back then. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> do you now? I was going to say, do you currently do it? <laughs> no chance. No fucking chance. <laughs> I do my own laundry now, okay? So I fold them. my and own And then when you're done, me. go, Mom, my laundry's done. Can you fold it? <laughs> No. One of my favorite images on the internet to this day is there's a picture of Hulk Hogan in like Jenko's. Oh my god, they're so good. Yeah, <laughs> so I love good. that. Yeah. It's like Jenko's and like wrap around Oakley's. Like he just looks yeah. like the biggest poser in the world. The <laughs> yeah. NWO sunglasses were so ridiculous. 
to be fair, if you think back on it, every one of their choices, like Kevin Nash walking out with the Tupac bandana thing in the front, you're like, buddy, you're 40 and you're white. Stop it. You are not Tupac. This is a weird thing to do. That as people who are almost 40 and white, can you imagine if one of us showed up, like we all were going to meet up somewhere and one of us had that bandana on? Casually? Casually? Like, you wouldn't know what to do. You'd be like, do I say something? Do I have to bring this up, right? Is he pranking me? It, we everybody's thinking Gordo, right? Like yeah, <laughs> that's who it would have been, no doubt. Yeah, his his, his backwards bandana is fish flops. And if it was Gordo too, it wouldn't be like a bandana with paisley print, like a normal bandana. It would be some insane printed bandana as well, like some tie dye fucking. It'd be an American flag one, I think. No, no, actually, even better than that. I have the history of presidents, uh, the greatest moment in presidents' lives. Uh, like I have uh, George Washington chopping down a cherry tree. Andrew Garfield's birth of his first child. Wait, do you have like 44 <laughs> different bandanas? No, no, no. It's all on one bandana. I feel like you can't fit that much on a single bandana. Where, where did you find that? Uh, the garment district. That uh, tracks. I would like to see this, Gordo. <laughs> I, I'll find it and I will post a picture of me. With the yeah, backwards. you gotta be wearing it like Kevin Nash. <laughs> Merv then shows up, dressed like the Grim Reaper. He's trying to hide his outfit. He's dressed like a druid. He looks yeah. like he's just gonna bring the dead body of the Undertaker yeah. back from the ring. And the girls are all trying to get him to take the robe off and show everyone what he has on, but he doesn't want to. He's not even talking at this point, so it's extra creepy. But as, as he tries to walk off, they finally rip the robe off him, exposing that he's in a full white sailor suit. With glitter Merv written on his hat. Merv written on the hat. I'll say this. Of all the things I was expecting, that was probably the least. The giant <laughs> <Yeah>. sailor costume. <laughs> he looked good, though, I thought. I thought he looked okay in it. To casually walk around school <laughs> in a full sailor suit? Because he's super tall and he's, like, super skinny. So it, like, just fit him. Well, he looked like Halloween. It didn't look like he was, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't... Yes, but it wasn't Halloween. It wasn't Halloween. It was just a normal day at school. How do you... I mean, did his mom also have a gun? Because, like, how do you not argue that as a, like, why are you making me wear a sailor? I'm not a sailor. <laughs> Is that stolen valor a little? Would you get in trouble for that now? Be like, oh, were you really a sailor, buddy? No, you could buy that shit at an Army-Navy store. Maybe it, like, cursed him, and he's like, Mom, I'm gonna wear this every day, and then someday I am gonna be a sailor. I'm gonna create a submarine. Now I'm gonna go down and see the Titanic. We're taking my friends with me. <laughs> you mentioned how tall he is, and... It's weird from the first scene, maybe because he was like near older kids when he walked up to them. I thought he was a short kid. Me too. And then in this scene, I'm like, did he grow two feet? <laughs> yeah, he looks very tall in that outfit. Well, even even when he had like the, what do you call it, over him, he was very tall. Like the hood over his head, like he was very tall. Would the joke be funnier if the Grim Reaper outfit was the mom's outfit? That would have been funny if he was just dressed up like how his mom would be dressed. Or if he was just naked. They put like the outfit <laughs> well, was, was, was okay, <laughs> but he just has a humongous swinging dick with a blur out. Okay, he's a minor. He's a minor. He's fourteen. That's why he's Merv the. Perp. I knew the second Ferg said that Joe was gonna open up, and <laughs> lo and behold, I apologize. The kids start making fun of him. Obviously, I assume you guys got a good chuckle out of. Hey, Merv, which way to the poop deck? I, I yeah, I legitimately that. laughed. No semen jokes though. No. Probably not. <laughs> that was in the cut when his dick was swinging. <laughs> the Stop it. <laughs> so they're picking on him until these um, two girls walk up and they're like defending him. And they walk off when he's got like one on each arm. 
this is a stolen valor. When they ask him what his name is, he he refers to himself as Sailor Merv. Yeah. Point. I don't know if you caught that. He lies to two girls with using stolen valor to get laid. That's why he's Merv the perv. Yeah. And after seeing that, Kevin reaches uh, for this button up he has when they were talking about the stuff their mom bought, and he has like this um like button up regular shirt, nothing crazy to it. It's just like a plaid shirt. It's not an embarrassing yeah. shirt at all. No. But uh, he grabs it and goes to put it on, assuming that that's how you get girls now. You just have to wear whatever weird shit your mom buys you. Well, I mean, I'm sure his mom would think that he looks very nice. But I didn't like I didn't like the dialogue of him going, whoa, if, if this is how you get it, mom clothes, what you gonna do, blah, blah, blah. Like, I wish they just show, don't tell, have him put it on and have you figure out that that's why he did it, because he wants to get girls too. Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I understand they're writing for children, so sometimes you, you can't be... Children aren't that stupid, though. No, I think I think you're right. They could have got away with it on that one. So we get a transition, and then we find out that the next scene, I guess, is called Homeroom Announcements. I think it's weird that they did it here because they didn't do it again. <laughs> so, But they do it every episode, so I think this is putting the expectation. Yeah, but, like, so we do it for the intro uh, where we explain the name of the episode, and then we did it here for this, like, segment of sorts, but we didn't do it for any other segments later on, which is why I thought it was a little strange. If they didn't do this? No, they do it one more time. For the documentary thing? Yeah, they do like the clip saying where there are... Uh, it's my notes. When we get to it, I'll remember it, but... Well, anyways, we hear the principal making... Or vice principal, as we find out, making the morning announcements. And he's making fun of the freshman volleyball team who just lost. Again, making their record on the season 0-20. So then Kevin asks Tara if she thinks old Chrome Dome, which I feel like is a very 90s way to make fun of a bald man, yep. doesn't like freshmen. And she says, as an administrator... She's sure that his personal feelings would have nothing to do with how he treats them, which is not really what he asked, but okay. And we cut to Mr. Lipman, who's uh, the vice principal there, in the office throwing darts at a picture of the freshman. Did anybody else confuse this actor with somebody else? Because I was positive that this was, uh, what's his name? Robert Picardo. Does anybody know who that is? No. I can bring it back to Star Trek. He was the doctor in Star Trek Voyager. Hold on. I can actually show you. Hold on. Oh, James Luke Picardo. <laughs> I know. It's weird that his, his name is that, but this guy, because I was going insane looking up the guy who plays the principal. I forget his name. It's something period. I forget. Oh, him. Okay. I know him, but no, I, I didn't confuse them. This guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, no, they... okay. So I'm looking at the IMDB for the guy who plays the principal and... I'm like, I know this guy was in Star Trek. Why is it not listed? And I, I ended up having to go backwards and go through Star Trek. And I was like, I cannot believe this is not the same person. They are identical people. They're pretty close. I, I did a little homework on this guy afterwards. And he actually hasn't aged much. He's one of those guys that I could not find a profile. I wanted to know how old he was. I want to know how old he was in 91. Because I have a feeling he might have been younger than we are now. Well, that's like uh, Steven Tobolowski on an interview once said he was like, he was happy he went like super bald, super young because he was like, I could play really you old. just kind of plateau. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I could play older than I was and I got a bunch of roles and then I played the same roles and now I'm 70. Like I always looked exactly the same. So it's. Steven Tobolowski's amazing. Yeah. So now we get this weird cutaway scene and it's him doing like this late night monologue in his office with like the secretary behind him, <laughs> like at a drum kit. At the end of this whole bit, there's a point where the, like, the students kind of react to his jokes and stuff. Is this supposed to be something that really happened, or is it like a weird fever dream type? 
I have no idea. As a kid, I thought it was a fever dream thing, but watching it now and seeing their reactions, my assumption is he literally walks over and the secretary sits at a drum set. Yeah, I think it, it was the, to assume that he really did this. But yeah, he's doing um this, like, again, a monologue kind of stand-up thing, and he's telling all these jokes that are all just geared at how much he doesn't like freshmen. <laughs> it's kind of like the Jeff Fox where the you know you're a redneck, only they're all just freshman jokes. It's definitely real. They talk about it. They talk about it in the mall slash quad later. Yeah, that's why it's like, so I guess it's a real thing that he does. <laughs> it's so weird to me that he'd be like, oh, freshman, I don't like freshmen. Like, I don't get that. Well, that's the shtick. <laughs> like, this is that weird time, though, where anybody who was a teacher on a show had just the most contempt for children imaginable. <laughs> it's like, you were in the wrong job, sir. Yeah. Like, I mean, and it even brings me to, like, the family guy where it's, uh, was it Adam West was like, I'm going to show them it's not okay to be a freshman gig. Like, I I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Freshman walks up to me and says, you got a match? I say, yeah, my dog's rump in your face. But then he does the dice clay, ows, which I love. Why did the freshman go to the bathroom? Because the teacher told him he needed a number two pencil. Gordo, thoughts on that one? Gordo, because poop, number two. I got it. I don't know, man. Did you? Because you would usually laugh at a joke like that. Do you even like poop? <laughs> Who are you? Okay. Now, would the joke have been funnier if he was wearing fish sandals? That is a serious question. <laughs> it would have, have been way funnier. No, I, I was just thinking that like kid goes into the bathroom and tries to pick up poop. Come in. Come into the classroom with some poop. poop oh, so you didn't think it was funny, but you thought about a scenario. <laughs> you played out a scenario in your mind. So yeah, now we cut back to the quad area. And they're all making fun of Mr. Lippman, and um, this time Alex looks into the camera. So this is when I was like, oh, I guess the looking into the camera thing is just a thing they do here. And she's making fun of his lame jokes and how he dresses, and for being over 30. <laughs> you dressed it at the beginning of the episode. I was like, oh, wow. Hurts a little. <laughs> it does hurt a little bit. But uh, <laughs> this transitions to them making fun of the math teacher, Mr. Limke. Like, it's not that different. I think where we had Mr. Lippman, I think they could have went with a, a teacher's name that wasn't so close, but I think it's Lemke. Is it Lemke, I think? Lemke, yeah, something like that, but I agree. This teacher looks exactly like a mix between Gene Shallot and the Revolting Blob. I was going to say the Revolting Blob, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got Ron Jeremy. And Ron Jeremy a bit, too. It's, it's all kind of in that wheelhouse. Walter says that he dresses so geeky, and when they <laughs> ask him what makes walter think that he's so fast and was like i don't know my hair and then eunice and the rest of them all go wrong he just has like a normal guy haircut too it's yeah. not like he's got like crazy cool hair or anything there's a lot of 90s in here so now we cut to that math teacher's class and he's you guys described how he looks talking to the whole class and he has this really loud exaggerated sneeze like the, <laughs> and then like <laughs> then he just like rubs the snot all over his chest just so weird and then we cut to, like, the back of the classroom where Walter, Kevin, and Tara are all sitting at their desks. And Walter and Kevin are going back and forth about how disgusting he is and whether or not he wears the same clothes every day. And this kind of turns into, like, this bet. Because Kevin's saying that he probably has, like, a dozen of the same outfit all in, in that closet in the back, which is a really weird thing to assume because he doesn't live here. It's his classroom. Walter assumes that he just sleeps in his clothes and wears the same thing every day. Also a weird thing. By the way, they're not whispering, and the room no. is quiet. 
They're like basically screaming. Well, that guy is so constantly loudly sneezing. That guy needs to go yeah. to a doctor. That is, if you sneeze like that that often, we all have allergies here, and it is allergy season. Yeah. If that was any of us, you'd be like, you have to go see somebody. This is not a way to live life. And we do this uh, time transition that you know we see the clock in the classroom. It's about one thirty, and then they like they move it forward to when it's eight p.m. And now it's dark in the room, and we see Walter and Kevin both sneaking back into the class with flashlights to settle this very random $5 bet that they made earlier. And they make it over to that closet, and Kevin opens the right door showing, like, multiple sets of the same outfit. Much like uh, Doug Funny, when Doug had to prove that he wasn't just doing the Dylan Farnham look. (laughs) He had multiple (laughs) of the same outfit. And he's like, oh, so I won the bet. Until Walter opens the left door, revealing the teacher hanging from the closet, but, like, not in a by his neck way. Like it was yeah, at almost first, like it was a like hanger. a horror movie thing. I was like, "Oh, he hung himself. He heard those kids <laughs> making fun of him, and he got so sad that he hung himself in the fucking it was classroom." So bizarre, yeah, because you just see him hanging from the closet, but then you find out that he's asleep, but and he's like probably hanging from like a clothes hanger. I thought he was an alien. I would have loved though the joke if he was actually hanging and dead, and they found the suicide note that was like, <laughs> "Goodbye, cruel, watch you." Better joke. Walter thinks he won the bet because he is asleep in his clothes. And now the two of them are going back and forth, like, making claims to who won the bet. Meanwhile, while this teacher is inches from them, hanging in the closet now asleep, it ends with the the teacher sneezing one more time, only now while asleep. And now he rubs it all over Walter's chest. I did enjoy that. This was so fucking strange. This whole... (laughs) Everything about it, the scene... The random bet. I bet he has a bunch of clothes in that closet right there. Like nothing about it. It was. That's what I'm. Te- this whole experience was an acid trip. Like yes. there's no yeah. rhyme, reason, formula, nothing. It's just like it's like you let these kids write this show. Well, there's moments in the show where it's it. You could tell they're trying to teach kids lessons, right? Oh, it doesn't matter how you dress. It's how you are as a person. Right. And. All these things. And then we'll get into like a, a little bit later with the Mr. History stuff. There's stuff in there for kids to learn, but then there's a lot of weird shit that doesn't, it doesn't mesh with it like in a way that makes sense. It's almost like you can't say that on television mixed with a sitcom. Like they like took the role from that Nickelodeon show. And I don't want to make excuses for the show, but there's something about just saying it was the nineties that makes most of it make sense in a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just, it fit that era. That it wouldn't work now, but in the scope of back then, nothing about this seems that weird knowing when it aired. It's almost like a family guy in a way that like the transitions. I wouldn't say that because not as random, not as like, yeah, they transition, but it's really just to set up odd, funny, quick visuals where this is like, it set up a story and then bring you to it and set up a story almost kind of in a way how the the original like Seinfeld was set up where it was, you know, it's like set up the comedy to show you the, the instance that happened after it's kind of that format. Yeah. Like talking about having to pick the girl up at the airport, then you're at the airport. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what they're doing here. They're all kind of talking at the quad about a situation. Then we cut to the actual situation. So now we're back at that quad and everyone's laughing about the story that was just told. Alex asks who won the bet. Both guys still think that they won. And then while sitting there, the two girls start sharing a bottle of moisturizer, a very large bottle of moisturizer that it's not really meant for outdoor use. It's like the kind you would keep in your bathroom because it's way too big. (laughs) Is any moisturizer for outdoor use, Jay? Yeah, little little ones you keep in your bag. Yeah. 
Oh, are you talking about why you have moisturizer? Or does Goro just have the driest skin in the world? He's like, wait, you can do something about this? Goro's using moisturizer only on one hand. I use it on my face and my body. Thank you very much. You're creating a Mr. Lemke sneeze that you then wipe all over your shirt when you're done with We were it. just talking before we started recording how Ferg needs to moisturize his eyelids for some reason. I, I moisturize right my face every day. I moisturize my body. I have really nice moisturizer from uh, Bath and Body Works. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> It's not weird, Gordo. I just want to say that. Moisturizing yourself is not weird, but... I don't know why I got a gross image of you doing it, <laughs> and that made it weird. Don't you see him almost, like, sensually rubbing his own Just, chest? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like an event for him. Like, he gets, like, a candle going. I've been waiting for this going. all day. <laughs> <laughs> it would be gorgeous to be the biggest bottle, and it could be full, but no matter what, it would make the noise when you're trying to get the last <laughs> bit of the bottle out. It's like a weird anomaly that only happens to Gordo. <laughs> so anyways, Merv wants to see this bottle of moisturizer, and he notices that the formula is uh, ancient Egyptian. And Walter is like, sort of like Cleopatra used that same formula to like moisturize her skin. And then we hear this like narrator over everything going, not exactly, Walter. And all the kids like, oh, no, not again. It's Mr. History. And as soon as that happened, like, like I said, like this was like the one thing that really flagged my like, oh, my God, I remember that. He goes on to explain, like, Egyptian preservation, and it cuts to him, and he's, like, kind of dressed up, like, uh, in, like, a safari outfit. Is he, like, a pith helmet on, I think? As he's continuing to lay out the scene, originally it's all black behind him. It kind of fades into, like, a classroom setting, and we see the scene that we're going to get into. And it's weird, because it's, like, a class reenactment, but it's meant to be from that time. So, but they're in the school, and it's all the same kids from throughout the episode. They're learning about, like, mummification and... It's weird, like, it's supposed to be from back then, but it's clearly not. Like, I don't know how to, like, quite... Yeah, it, it's confusing. Yeah. It, they're just basically playing dress-up. Yes, but I feel like it was meant to be from back then, but, but it isn't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to explain. The best part of this scene to me that I actually... One of the biggest laughs I got of this entire show is when the kids go to raise their hands. They don't raise their hands. They do the Bengals walk like an Egyptian dance where they, like, <laughs> put their arms back. <laughs> I fucking howled when the kids started doing that. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is racist, but this is super funny also, and I cannot laugh at it. So Walter's the person, like, laying down who's, who's being mummified, and... As he's learning about the process, he keeps, like, realizing that the person in his spot is supposed to be dead. So it was like, wait a minute. It kept, like, coming up. And I don't know. I feel like this was another time where they're injecting actual things in here for kids to learn. Like, they're, they're half trying to be educational in this show. Because they're telling you actual stuff about the mummification process. Yeah, and they even say embalming. Like, they use, like, proper words. They're trying to be like, this is what this thing is. That's the thing that I remember as a kid learning that we thought was super fun. It was like, and they pulled their brain out through their nose. And as a kid, you're like, whoa, gross, cool. Brain boogers. <laughs> brain boogers. I like that um, when Walter wanted to get out of it or whoever he's supposed to be in the situation, uh, the teacher shows him his report card, which was all hieroglyphics. <laughs> this is the second show we've done in a month that had a hieroglyphics joke. Oh, man. When the Pharaoh sees this, I might as well be dead. <laughs> So corny. <laughs> it was it was random. And again, I feel like they were trying to like inject like some actual information in these things for kids to learn. How many ancient Egyptian jokes can you really make? I'm uh, probably plenty, but I don't know how many within the context of the sketch. 
Or a bunch that you probably couldn't make in a kid's show. Right. Like what? Well, if you made like building the pyramid jokes or something. Are you asking Joe on the spot to make an inappropriate joke about the Egyptians? Like he has a bunch on hand. I mean, it would obviously be a slave joke. That would be the joke they would do because Egyptian slaves oh. built the pyramids. Oh, okay. Aliens built the pyramids. Alien slaves built the pyramids. After that scene, we have this weird infomercial for Alex's mega hair system. It was just very random. They should have popped this in later because it was two skits in a row and it yeah. threw me off. It was just so random and there was no setup to this one. And it was just like this mini infomercial where Alex is just talking about random hair products that she makes like hair gel and hair goo and hair spritz. And they do the Kelly LeBrock Pantene, like, don't hate me because I'm beautiful yeah. thing that was like really big when we were kids. And then there's some skateboarder who looked like a caveman <laughs> yeah. who like rolled up and he's doing like the typical like Valley Boy kind of surfer idiot voice. Keith Hudson is his name. That's the one guy who. Uh, That's the one guy who's in a bunch of stuff. He's been a bunch of stuff. And his, his title on there, his character on the show was Mega Hair Dude. <laughs> <laughs> when you said, I thought you meant the biker when you did all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, me too. Oh, Johnny? Yeah. yeah. No, Mega Hair Dude. <laughs> Mega Hair Dude went on to do big things. So yeah, that was um, a thing that happened on the show was this, and then we transition with the. Do you do you think that this is because the girls didn't really get a sketch yet? No, because you could just write a better sketch for them. Like they decided to format it this way. Like, they probably should have done this immediately after the moisturizer conversation. But they wanted to do the Mister History thing. They wanted to get into all of that, or even if it was before the moisturizer. I feel like a lot of these things are recurring though, and this is a commercial parody like snl does so i don't know if this is something because i obviously i didn't watch episode two of this and i haven't seen it in a long time but i wonder if they do a commercial parody in every episode as well yeah and then you know from there we get kind of another like not a sketch per se but a really short scene where it was time for another butt stomping gym class with that lovable lunatic coach roach <laughs> you definitely can't have a kid's show now where you have somebody you call a lovable lunatic and tell him he's gonna do butt stomping like that is so far past where we are now <laughs> And it's weird, there's not a lot to this. It's basically just the coach is like, we're going to play dodgeball only with bowling balls. It's the kids are <laughs> trying to like create reasons why they shouldn't do that. It's like, a fun premise, with, though. Without just the whole, we'll die, which is, a, I think, a good enough reason. Yeah, I think it's a valid point. And he's like, all right, well, I think I can think of some good, clean fun for you guys instead. And then they're just all cleaning his car. Child, child labor. Did you see that his uh, license plate was like X, the letter X, and then yeah, exercise? Yeah, exercise. Just funny because he's not a fit man. No. Yeah, right. He no. says exercise, but he's not in great shape. Well, he does have a bumper sticker that says butt kicker on board and one that says I eat freshmen for breakfast. What do these people have against freshmen? <laughs> well, that's exactly, Nick. I, I don't know. Yeah, like that. I just don't understand the, the freshman. It's supposed thing. to be that's the mentality of freshmen that everybody's against them. It's not. I think it's just like being satirized. Okay. Yeah, I guess that would make sense, actually. Now we cut back to the courtyard again, or that uh, quad, and the girls are laughing at the boys for having to do that whole thing, because apparently this was a gym class that was boys only, if you guys had noticed. Yeah, I did notice that. And they start talking about how, like, basically inhuman Coach Roach is, and Tara defends the coach, so they all start accoutring her of liking him. <laughs> <You're bad laughs> coach I, remember, I, I have here Johnny, was it? Joking about Tara fucking Coach Roach. Weird was my note about this scene. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the most realistic part of the show is he, we would totally be making. Oh, for sure. I'll tell you at this at this moment, I thought it was going to go somewhere weird. I thought she was going to like say something like positive about him, like in a way that would refer to the fact that she did like him. So I'm glad that they didn't. 
like he might be out of shape but he has a huge dick but like whoa Tara, that's kind of weird. <laughs> in joe's version of welcome freshman by the way everyone just has a huge yeah it just dick. goes right to big dick every time he's a giant dick on everybody <laughs> Perfect coach Roach just playing sword fights. <laughs> Hanging dong. Did he have those like trough style urinals because of all the fucking big dicks at Hawthorne High? <laughs> Something on the water at Hawthorne, man. Basically, Alex defends her and says, hey, listen, like, she's not into Coach Roach. There's a guy that we do like. And, you know, they start reminiscing about the situation. Cut to another flashback. And now you see everybody in the cafeteria and Kevin and Merv notice like the crowd of girls off to the side surrounding someone which can only be one person, Johnny. Johnny is like a Fonzie Andrew Dice Clay type. Yeah, this is like the second Dice Clay reference. And I don't know why, but it, the fun, to me, the funniest line of the whole episode was just that one girl going, can I get you more pudding, Johnny? <laughs> 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 like it was, because it's like this whole like bad boy image, but just something about asking a guy, like, you want me to get you more pudding? It's just not this... Nothing tough about that in any any stretch of the imagination. That's a hard food to eat on a motorcycle, too. Yeah, because, by the way, Johnny is just sitting on a motorcycle in the middle of the cafeteria. That he drove into the school. Which, that's like a trope, though. I think that might happen in an episode of California Dreams. For you would know, you're a big fan of that show. <sighs> is that like a James Dean thing? Did James Dean ever drive a uh, motorcycle? Into Never motorcycle. But, um, yeah, Johnny's not a fan of the skin on top of the pudding, which we were talking about that stuff earlier. And then he rides the motorcycle out of the cafeteria. And then the boys don't understand what Johnny has that they don't. Alex says everything. It's like, yeah, like a prison record. Tara's like, he might have a prison record, but prisoners can be rehabilitated. And it was like, this is a weird. Yeah, it's weird. Lean again, because we're like trying to teach kids about the Egyptians and the importance of like being yourself. And then it's also. You should date prisoners because they can be okay sometimes. It's like a weird. Hey, man, every girl wants a bad boy. <laughs> what are you teaching these kids? Well, I mean, technically. Well, yeah, no, no. People can be rehabilitated and be fine in society, but it's just a weird lane to go into with these little girls justifying why they like this dude who's riding a motorcycle around the cafeteria. Thank you for reading my mind, by the way, Jay, because I, ha- I all I said was technically. I knew where you were. And then mind. I drew a blank. Yeah, you just stopped talking. <laughs> 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 Alex says that uh like what girl would want to date guys like them when there's Johnny's out there that exist. And Kevin's like who wants to be like Johnny? And then Walter rides in on his bicycle but like with a leather jacket and sunglasses on. He's also got one of those like ace captain airplane scarves. Yeah. And his bicycle has a motorcycle front light on it. Yes. And he also has a tail a very large one. Like even for a motorcycle. <laughs> He's like, hey, how about some pudding toots? The girl just like pie faces him with some. And then he's like, hey, I'm about to jump three tables with this bike. As he goes to make the jump, apparently he just goes completely airborne. You don't see the actual jump. And the vice principal opens the door asking if he had heard that motorcycle in there again. And while he's looking in, you get the kind of camera perspective, like from overhead of the vice principal kind of closing in on him to signify that like Walter and his bike are about to crash in on him. He just goes like, mommy. Now, I'm embarrassed, but I laughed really hard at this. And it was, I, I, I acknowledge how fake, like, it all looked. But the yeah. entire scene of him on the bike hitting him, like, from the perspective. And then the mommy. I, like, verbally, like, laughed out it's loud. So- <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh. And you get the cutaway for the actual crash part. But then, you, you know, you go back to them after the carnage. And they're both just, like, and they're both on the floor. And there's, like, rubble all around them. 
I don't know. Again, Lipman just now he pie faces Walter with some pudding. It was I don't know. It's all random sketches. You know, at the end of the day, there's not a lot of like story building here. You just kind of like you meet the characters and hear some weird situations they keep. But it's fun. It's like it's not. It is fun. It's just dumb and fun. None of those guys wearing motorcycle helmets, though. I think that's bad. That's you try to teach kids stuff. Maybe put a motorcycle helmet on one of those kids. Maybe the show is set in New Hampshire. Like Maine, too. Oh, really? No helmet laws there as well? Yeah, it's terrifying. I don't like it. No, it was set in the 90s where there's no helmet laws, period. <laughs> yeah, there's just army <laughs> rules, yeah. no seatbelts. So now we're back in the quad area, and Merv tells the group about how we heard Lippman wants to institute a new dress code policy so that everybody dresses alike in the school. And Tara starts explaining, like, the point of a dress code is so people don't spend time or money, like, trying to outdo one another, which there is validity to that. That's kind of, like, why that exists, but... Just weird for her to just come out and defend it, I guess, at that point. But I don't know if this is also meant to be educational again. Yeah, like, was this maybe trying to explain to people who were mad that they had to wear a dress? Like, if you go to, like, if you're a younger kid, right? Because it's, like, eight-year-olds appeal to this. If you have to wear a uniform at your school and you see this, it's, like, a way for kids to explain to you why you have to. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. No, because at the same time, they're explaining why it fucking sucks. <laughs> so. Also true. They're like, yeah, that's why they do it. And it blows. <laughs> like, I'll pick a lane. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we didn't, like, we all went to school together, so we never had to wear uniforms. That was always something I, like, the idea of it, like, I dreaded. And when we were leaving middle school and before high school, like, there was a moment where, like, my parents at least had me apply to, like, the private school at the town next door. And... I remember that was a big sticking point for me. Like, I don't want to wear a uniform. I do not want to wear a uniform, especially at that age, because like we were talking earlier when it comes to like the clothes thing, like you, you start coming into your own at that age and it just starts like stripping you of what little identity you have as a person at that point. It's like an important expression. Will Smith figured it out. That's true. I could have just worn the blazer inside out, but yeah, I don't know. I just always thought like for me, that was like important and I know not for everybody, right? And Joe, I feel like you would have been in that same pool where that would have bothered you more oh of course yeah i mean how we dressed was like how we expressed ourselves and uh in a like important way especially that age like you said we're trying to like make yourself who you are yeah it, it, but i mean like i mean do you guys share that sentiment with would that have been as big a deal to you guys at that age uh yeah i i wouldn't have liked it no i mean i remember seeing all the time the kids in the other schools and just thinking poor fuckers i'm not sure it would have bothered me but i don't know looking back i don't think it would have bothered me but, like, being that age again, I think it would bother me, yeah. I remember hearing about how they all had to be cleanly shaved. And now I'm at a point where I'm not even growing facial hair quite yet. And I'm like, but I want to have a beard. So, And I, I kind of did in high school. Not that, I mean, nothing that isn't disgusting to look back at now. But the idea of, like, wait, I can't have facial hair. But what if I want to grow facial hair? And... I don't know, just, just like those kind of limitations just never appealed to me. I think my mother would have never put me in because she knew I would have gotten kicked out regardless. Well, so. that's different too. I remember around this time I was working at Staples and the uniform there, it's work uniform, whatever, it's just, you know, who cares? You have to wear uniforms at jobs like that to work. That it was black pants like Dickies and like a red polo that said Staples or whatever. And somebody offered me to go work at the Office Depot and it was going to be more money, but you had to wear khaki pants. And I was like, nah, I'm sorry. I, I, won't, I won't wear khaki pants. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> do you wear khaki pants now, Joe? I do not. I own no khakis. No, he just Donald Ducks. He doesn't wear pants, period, anymore. I might own a pair of khaki shorts, but I can't even verify that. And if I own them, I can't remember ever actually wearing them. Khaki colored jeans, I have no problem with. It's, it's I wouldn't wear like chinos or something. I couldn't do that. 
feel like you look like you're in 311 or something when you wear pants like that. It's like all I can think of. So now, as, as they go on and talk about it, Kevin says how it's like forced conformity, which I, I thought was kind of a smart line for him to say at that point. I feel like that's more of a representation of whoever the writer was, right? Like the, the writer was probably more of that mindset. It doesn't sound like the words of a 14-year-old kid. Well, actually, maybe, because I, actually I feel like we would have said that, as I said out loud. Yeah. That's like not a big enough word that it's like not out of the realm of knowing. Yeah. So now Merv now looks into the camera and says that it's time for some hard-hitting investigative uh, journalism. They start talking about, oh, it must be time for another Mervumentary. And they all start singing the Flight of the Valkyries song, and it cuts to said Mervumentary. Why is that a thing, like, that they all know? Uh, it just must be a thing he does. <laughs> We're all big fans of Apocalypse Now, maybe? This is why they call him a nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when he goes into the bathroom, that's why they call him a perv. Okay. <laughs> My my problem is the Flight of the Valkyries song. I I mean, you know that's public domain. That's why they used it. And then right. the show is very cheaply done. But that's not like a news song. That's not like a, no, a documentary yeah. theme or anything. So you, you'd think they'd pick something a little more newsy. Well, I guess if you like the bum ba dum bum bum, isn't that isn't that different from the bum 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 bum? It's like it's like maybe they're <laughs> I guess trying it's to in go a with similar that. vein. Yeah. yeah, it is similar. I guess maybe maybe that's kind of where they were going, but. Uh, so now we see Merv in his khakis in a blazer. Um, he would have gladly worked at Office Max. He has a microphone and he's doing like the news report thing and talking about the situation. And Walter walks up wearing the proposed dress code. And like Merv sidebars with him. He's like, you look ridiculous. What are you doing? And it's like, I th- that, that, like this was the point. But isn't like, wasn't he supposed to wear what the proposed outfit was? So like, why was Merv like, you look so ridiculous right now? Because he's an idiot. Because it didn't fit him. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely ill-fitting on purpose, I guess. He looked like he was wearing, like, you know, an adult's yeah. costume. There's also a weird line where he's talking about how, like, they, they have to jump through hoops, like, train seals, and he, like, pulls out a hula hoop, and Walter just jumps through it. <laughs> but good for him, he does his own stunts. That is true. And now we cut to, like, a like a further-on part of this investigative report. We still have Merv talking to the microphone, only now Walter's walking up in a grass skirt with, like, laser around his neck, and this is all to protest the dress code. And we follow him through, like, a day where he's going to protest in school dressed this way. And we see him in the outfit grabbing, like, lunch in the cafeteria. And Lippman stops him, but only because he grabbed two milks instead of one. And then Merv puts the mic, like, in front of Lippman's face, and he's accusing him of discrimination against guys in grass skirts. But it wasn't even until he said that that he noticed that Walter was in a grass skirt. And that's when he's like, oh, what are you doing? You look like an idiot. And when Walter tells him that he's protesting the dress code, Lippman's like, Oh, I guess then you really are an idiot because that dress code was rejected weeks ago and uh, tells him to go put that extra milk away. If he doesn't, he'll be hula, uh, he'll be hula, hula-ing, <laughs> hula dancing back to detention. Why were we force-fed milk? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. As kids? Yeah. For, well, tell- I get it because when you're a kid, it's calcium. It's supposed to be like to help you grow. Yeah. You don't drink milk, you get bad ankles like Jay. we found jay's literal achilles heel here that's what happened you just never drank milk as a kid i drank my share of milk i don't drink milk at the rate ferg drinks milk uh these days yeah ferg you actually drink like a glass of milk you act like i drink milk with every meal like if i have cookies i'll have a glass of milk with it have you had any milk today no liar so uh (laughs) why do you ask the question and then call me a liar because i didn't expect you to lie (laughs) um I'll say this, it, it, this did have me thinking the cafeteria scene, 
Wasn't there something about a carton of milk that hit different, like, drinking milk from a carton in school, I feel like, was just, like, a different thing than drinking a glass of milk, isn't it? I always hated it because I feel like I could taste the fucking carton. It always grossed me out. Back then, like, in my house, we always did the, like, 1% milks and stuff, and I didn't know the difference. It was just my mom, hey, some milk. I went to school, all of a sudden, this is whole milk, which I never had before, and I'm like, why does the milk fucking taste different here? And then as I got, I started getting the skim milk, which tasted more like at home. I, I hate whole milk. I'm the same way. I don't like, I don't like whole milk either. I drink, I agree. I, I think we're all products of what we grew up in though, right? I grew up in a 2% house and to this day, that's all I want to drink. Yeah. See, I grew up in a whole milk house and I don't drink, I don't drink milk. I put a little splash if I have hot coffee and that, I usually use 2% for that. If I, if I crave milk, cause sometimes I, I, you know, I want a glass of milk every so often. I'll get butthole milk. You can't. You get butthole milk? <laughs> get butthole milk. No, I don't get butthole milk. <laughs> uh, All right, this episode's done. It's over now. Listen, you'll, you'll hear it back. He clearly says, I have butthole milk. <laughs> I feel so bad for you because this one was not, not even your doing. <laughs> Just remember this, Gordo, the next time Jay harps on us for, you know, going off the rails, he's the one who brought up butthole milk just now. I <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Gordo clearly it. said, <laughs> you'll hear it back. Gordo I said, literally said, uh, bleh. I didn't say butthole milk. Stop injecting what you want to hear. You'll hear it back. You'll hear it back. Now, all I can think of is there like a dairy where some poor person's last name is like butt. <laughs> and it's like butt 2% milk butt whole milk like that that would be their whole thing you just call me butt dad <laughs> it makes you butt son say so, butt speaking of the 90s yeah so anyways that pretty much closed out that scene and now in the new scene we see Alex is giving Tara a makeover in the makeup room of the theater department and Tara has concerns about what's in the makeup uh, like animal tested and stuff like that Alex says not to worry, and then removes the cap from her uh, Tara's head to reveal her hair, which is basically a big multicolored mess. And uh, from there, we cut to the school dance, and Tara walks in with the cap on her head. What's that called? Like the like a turban? Is it a turban? It wasn't quite like a turban. It, but it was kind of in that same. It is like it's in that realm, and she's claimed to be from Katmandu later. I, I can't remember what it was called, but so forgive me. This scene, there's an awful lot of the use of the word foreigner in a very, very right. uncomfortable way. So that that's what that was weird, right? So this whole setup was like it was almost like this Frenchie from Greece thing, right? Her hair gets all fucked up, so she's trying to hide it. And it's basically that same thing. So now she's at the school dance and she walks in with that cap on her head, and some dude seems to take an instant liking to it as soon as she walked in. She's talking about she just returned from that trip and Alex sees the attention she got from the guy, much like when Kevin saw Merv get the attention in the sailor suit and puts the, the shirt on. So now she does the whole, she grabs the tablecloth and does like the pull it off the table, but everything stays in place. So impressive. Yeah. To give herself like a bit of a headdress and just walks up to some other guy who looked very caveman. Like again, this is the second dude who to me looked like a caveman in the episode and introduces herself as Tatiana, a foreigner. <laughs> and she goes on for a few, until Merv walks up and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And that's when caveman dude's like, you're not a foreigner. You're a freshman. 
Rock on. <laughs> like, you can't be both. And uh, we get back to the courtyard, and everyone's talking about the importance of inner beauty and things like that. Um, I forget what Alex says here, but there's, like, there was a moment where, if, if you were watching, she's kind of talking about, like, oh, like, I think it was kind of in the vein of, like, how, like, we're all friends. And she's supposed to, like, put her arms around them, but, like, doesn't fully commit and just kind of awkwardly puts her hands near them and then, like, shies away after. It's very uncomfortable if you guys caught it. It's like, a, this is nonpartisan, but it was just funny. Did you guys see when President Biden had his hand up for the national anthem the other day? But he was in a different country, and he realized you don't put your hand on your heart for the national anthem. So the video is just excruciatingly slow, him being like... I did. Joe is slowly uh, rubbing his chest at the moment. Yeah, he's doing this. He doesn't need practice. He's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the Indian <laughs> anthem. <laughs> Yeah, so now Kevin says that, you know, they're all talking about, like, reasons why they thought they were liked amongst the group. And Kevin's like, oh, I thought you liked me because I'm a stud. And Rare's like, I thought that you guys liked me because I help with your homework. And Walter's like, well, what do you guys like me for? And Kevin's like, because you keep the flies away from the pizza. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> it makes no sense. And he thinks it's the funniest thing he's ever said. Because it was so stupid, I thought it was the funniest thing in the whole episode. Yeah, like it works because it's so bad. It makes sense. He attracts the flies. They stay away from the food. Because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. He's a piece of butthole milk. I was just going to say a piece of shit, otherwise known as butthole milk. <laughs> also, I did some looking up and I didn't find any dairy farms named uh, Butt, but I did find one named Bud, so you can get butthole milk. <laughs> and I looked for Butte, like maybe Butte, Montana, because you know if you look at, it, you'll they'll say but, but nothing. But yeah, we can get butthole milk for you, and I'm probably have to order a case to your house. But I'm gonna order it when you're gone for two weeks, so that it goes bad. So I'll have expired butthole. So it'll milk. smell like butthole milk. So, oh. so uh, <laughs> so there's a point I can't remember. Said someone's like, why do we always have to stoop to this level? And then one of them's like. Being obnoxious is part of being a freshman. Well, at least we agree on something. <laughs> you know what all those jokes reminded me of from the exact same time? Remember the McDonald's commercials where it would be like, McWorld! Yeah, it could happen. McWorld! Like, this whole show is just a bunch of McDonald's commercials. Like, bacon with a burger on it, Arch Deluxe, Macworld! Like, what the I fuck? I just thought that these closing lines were like... Th- listen, this was not known for Emmy award-winning writing, by any means. But it closed so, like, we don't know how to end this. Did we get a tomato meter on this one? I forgot to look. There, there was none. There was uh, none on either side. I just it was an IMDb. IMDb was like... A, it was, I, I looked at it. It was a 7.3 as total for the whole... But there's only like 200-something ratings. It's all fan ratings, so it's tough. It's one of those things where, like I said, this isn't, hey, dude, this isn't Salute Your Shorts. This doesn't get a lot of re-airing, if any. It's very difficult to find these episodes anywhere now. The nostalgia for this show died out quicker than its counterparts of that era. It just wasn't, it was just lesser than a lot of those shows, I think. So it just didn't last as long. That's why I picked this, because... They played this not even, like, they didn't even play this in reruns a lot when we were, like, I remember in summertime, like, in middle school, if you came home on a Saturday or something in the afternoon, they might play an Are You Afraid of the Dark. They might play a Pete and Pete. 
but they never played Welcome Freshman. If you saw, you played more My Brother and Me yeah. than Welcome Freshman, and My Brother and Me only has like 12 episodes total. Right. So like this kind of came and went, so I wanted to see if it would be like again, you know, to like watch it all these years later. No, for sure. And that was one of those, I, it was again, I remember liking the show as a kid. But then remembered very little about it other than just sitting in that quad. That's like really it. So it was really interesting to be able to go back and watch this show 30 plus years later. One thing that was interesting about this too was the runtime was really long. It was like 25 minutes, which means like that just, I just like seeing those sort of things as like analytics, right? Like I'm sure if you take a modern Nickelodeon show, it's probably 21 or so because the rest are all commercials. And in a time when there were so many good toys in the early 90s, you'd think that you could, like, fill up so much space on Nickelodeon with, like, G.I. Joe wrestling figures and Street Sharks and, like, all this stuff commercials. But they only gave it five minutes, which seems strange to me. You know, it's funny. This was running the same time as Doug, which also had a character with the last name Lipman. They had Chap Lipman. Ah, like Chap Lips. Not that common of a name, and they used it on two different shows. I wonder if somebody was named that that they knew. Yeah, it could have been someone in the offices yeah. or whatever. Who told bad jokes. Definitely interesting to see the show. I, I kind of wish, for comparison purposes, I'd like to watch the first episode of season three to see how yeah. it looks in, in standard sitcom format. I know some of, the, some of the cast changes by then. Three is what I remember more than the variety show that we watched. Yeah, there. I think yeah. like Merv and Tara both leave. And, I, and they add some new people, if I remember correctly, reading it. Is the oldest brother from Home Improvement on here? No. Nobody's from so. anything in this. <laughs> I mean, this is also at the exact same time as Home Improvement was on. Oh. Yeah, again, like I said earlier, if you look at the IMDb and look at the cast, it's a bunch of just profiles with no photos. It's just, and that's not a slight to anyone on the show. It's just most of them did not further their acting career past this. I'm actually surprised. I was mentioning to you guys earlier in our chat that um, Walter reminded me a lot of Corey Hain. And, you know, he was, like, huge then. So you'd think, you know, he'd have a better career. And Walter was the one that, like, they kind of made him, like, the focal point, especially later on. He's the one who kept staying back to keep freshmen as part of the show. And so he stuck around the longest. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know, yeah. Who knows where life takes you after after these opportunities sometimes. You think that's a better idea, keeping a main cast member as a freshman or doing, like, Saved by the Bell and doing, like, Welcome Freshman, the new class, and let's have a whole bunch of new kids? Um, like, every year? They could have just, imagine if they, it, was, it ended up only being four seasons. They could have did Welcome Sophomore, Welcome Junior, Welcome Senior, and just ended the show. I wish they kind of did that, though, because then you can have the other cast members still in it, but now they're not freshmen, right? So now they can pick on them. Like, you know, we know what it's like to be freshmen, you nerds or whatever, right? Like you have them come in. Also, just real quick update. This isn't available anywhere. It's not on Paramount Plus, which has a lot of the old Nickelodeon stuff. And it's weird. I think it's another one of the shows, too. It was never on DVD. But if you go to Asuka the Disc Dog, you can buy a bootleg of it on Blu-ray of the whole series. So <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to see if my credit card gets compromised when I buy that. And I'll let you know how season three is. Yeah, that's a, that's a site I would definitely want to give all my credit card information to. Pay with, like, something secure. <laughs> so you might be able to get something back. Get one of those prepaid MasterCards and use those. I was just going to send use them cash. Use your PayPal. I'm going to send them $100. But like, can you please send my change back with my Blu-ray? It's weird. I'm, I'm looking at it now, too. It looks like, you know, for the production, as far as it went, it was like a Nickelodeon Studios production, Universal Studios Orlando. So, like, they should have all the same licensing that the other right. shows have. So they should have the availability to air it. I mean... 
who knows but i'd like to check to see all of the stuff i don't know if hey dude's on there i don't know if or so your shorts is on there i know are you afraid of the dark is on there but i'll have to check yeah it's weird one thing to mention did you guys notice in the top corner that it was hashtag the splat does that bring any memory? Yeah, so out? the version, so what you're referring to the version we watched, right? Which isn't obviously, yes. there'd be hashtag nothing in 1991, but yeah, I think the splat was like a Nickelodeon side channel thing or. It was a, it was a teen Nick nighttime show that ran up into, I think, I want to say it only ran from like 2014 to 2016. I did, I did some reading up on it recently. I just forget the exact dates. So this was played fairly recently on Terrestrial right, TV. Right, yeah, like in the past 10 years, yeah. Interesting. Also remember, Joe, that 2014 was nine years ago. Sure, I just didn't expect... I mean, to be fair, in the era of, in the era of hashtag, it, it wasn't... Like, back then it would have been like, hit the pound sign. Like, you know, this is new enough that we knew what hashtag If you were. told me that this aired in 2000, I went, oh, so it had a somewhat modern run. Because, like, this, we just thought this died in the early 90s, so... Don't forget they had, like, the resurgence of stuff. Like, they had Nickelodeon Games and Sports where they played, like, Legends of the Hidden Temple and, um, like, Guts and stuff. And that was way after they were canceled. I lo- and I loved that channel when that existed. I couldn't yeah. believe when they reformatted it. Yeah, I, I could have sworn that they got, you know, a good amount of viewing. All of those channels are great, and then they go away, and it's super sad. VH1 Classic was one that I loved, where it was just like, we're just going to play 80s music videos all day, every day. It was like, I could just leave this on while I'm doing stuff around the house and be super stoked. There's an MTV classic that pretty much does the same thing now. It's just Do they old. just play videos now? Because every time I try to watch anything on MTV, it's Deer Dick or whatever his name that, is. That's like a weird, like, at work thing. So <laughs> for for a long time at work, dick. that would just be what was on the TV all the time because just too many different people. So, you know, just play old music videos, and that usually works. That's like putting on, like, the Frank FM or, like, the Mix radio station where it's like, this is not offensive to anybody. You'll need to get on the This Old House train. Until, like... I don't know if that's my train. I'll say with the with the music, <laughs> when you watch music videos, <laughs> when you watch stuff like M- MTV Classics, they'll play some really random videos, but then it'll be like, you know, like an Oingo Boingo video comes on and you're the only one in a group of 40 that's remotely interested in watching the music video. And you're like, okay. That would make me very excited. Yeah, I'd be very excited. But yeah, I think we've we've kind of talked at pretty good length about this episode. We definitely just talked for an hour and a half about Welcome Freshman in the year, year of our Lord 2023. We might as well get into the green light or cancel. I'm going to go in the order I see you guys in. So, uh, Gordo, starting with you. Cancel. I, I know that this is not made for 37-year-old Gordo, but this is made for kids. But even looking at it in that lens, I didn't laugh once throughout this whole thing. It's not even a sitcom. Like I think that we we are remembering the third season, which was a sitcom, but this most certainly should get canceled by all of us just because this is not our technical format. So, and I just didn't find it funny. I didn't like it back when it first aired. I don't like it now. I found myself kept looking at the time, wondering when the hell this was going to be over and why it was so long. It was absurdly long for a show like this. Had no business being that long. Cancel. Fuck. Yeah, I'm with Gordo on the cancel there. This was an extreme clock watcher where I kept looking and it was still like, it wasn't even halfway over. And I'm like, oh no. Had a few scenes that made me laugh. And I do acknowledge it wasn't for me. And I did like it back then, but I don't like it now. Definitely not a sitcom, at least this first season. And 
I don't like the looking directly at the camera and speaking to the audience thing. That took me out of it more than anything. So yeah, cancel for me. Joe. Here's where I surprise everybody and say this is a green light. I'm looking at this. Do I want to watch this show? Am I going to keep watching it? No. But trying to go for when we do kids shows, I honestly think an 8, 9, 10, 11 year old would find this show funny. I think one of the weird things about this is it doesn't lean in too much on the times as far as the clothing goes. Like, you might not get the Pantene joke, right? You might not know that commercial because before you were born or whatever, but nobody looks egregiously 1991 or 1992. I think kids could watch it the same way I think kids could watch Hey Dude, right? Because they're on a ranch and it kind of takes away the time of it, right? So... I mean, I enjoyed that. I did have some good laughs at this. I knew we would have a good time talking about it, and I certainly did, and I knew we'd go into a lot of weird places, and that always makes me laugh. It also, watching it as an adult, it kind of made me have some, like, memories of us hanging out in high school and, like, weird things that were, like, kind of fun nostalgia things. Like, when they broke into the school, I thought about that time that we broke into the school and got arrested. Like, I was thinking about things, and it was making me be almost nostalgic for our life when we were younger and not the show. And I think that might be like an interesting thing if it can make people have good thoughts about their own lives, right? It's It was too long. I'll give you that. 25 minutes is way too long for any show, uh, especially when you have to take notes and talk about it. But I, yeah, again, I wouldn't watch it as an adult, but I totally see kids watching it. So it's a green light. Nick. Well, before my green light, I, I, a couple of you mentioned the speaking directly to the camera thing. And it didn't really bother me, and I thought of two other shows. I meant to bring this up earlier, sorry. Is uh, Saved by the Bell did it, and Clarissa Explained It All, which came out the same year, I think, did it That's a a, Yeah, it's another Nickelodeon show that we forgot to mention, but like they all kind of clustered yeah, at the same time. Yeah, good call. Time. Right, uh, and she did a lot of you know breaking the fourth wall, talking directly to the camera. I don't think that's the most egregious part of the show. I, like Ferg and Gordo, was really watching the time on this one. I had a lot of trouble like maintaining my attention on the show and i just i i know this was like gordo said i know this wasn't made for somebody in my age right now but your attention span is even shorter when you're younger and i think that i would have had a really hard time following and enjoying this show even as a young child that it was aimed at it's so off the rails and shot not shot, but like formatted so confusingly. I just, I, I don't know. I, it really turned me off the way. It's not without its humor. It had, it's sprinkled with comedy that I did laugh at. And I didn't hate the cast or any specific part of the cast or anything like that. It's just the overall feeling I got from the show was just not a good one at the end of the day. And I just have to cancel it. I can't give it the green light. All right. So, um, regardless of my vote, we're already in canceled territory. Yeah, I was very torn watching this, and I do really, really try to remember it's a kids' show, and then I'm, and then it's, um, it, it's weird, and and I've said this before, we don't, I don't think we <laughs> rate every show uniformly because we're always kind of thinking of like different avenues when we're kind of deciding, because then you have to like go okay, ninety one versus twenty twenty three, like that changes things too, and the show is good for the time. I think it was good for kids, and I look at this show also as a show that could easily be remade modern day for kids. You'd have to shape it up a little bit, and I do think there's a lot of room for improvement from this, but 
I could definitely see a modern version of the show because, like I said before, when you talk about kids who are like eight to ten years old, and we were even younger because we in '91. If we're catching any of this live, we're like five. Yeah, right. So when you see kids who are in high school, like you look up to those kids in such a regard that like everything they do is cool. So now if they're trying to teach you lessons about, oh, it's cool to be yourself and things like that and acceptance, and that's like a good message to give to younger kids from the cool older high school kids, even though they're kind of also at the same time going, oh, they're stupid freshmen, <laughs> like, um, which might kill that a little bit. But I guess ultimately, as I ramble on, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to give it the green light as well, because I think it's just, it had enough there. And I did, I keep looking back to, and like Ferg said it himself, I liked the show a lot as a kid. So there's something about it that works. And I don't think it's like episode specific where we go, oh, sometimes it's a weird pilot and the show changes. I think this is what the show was. And it just doesn't work for us in our late thirties the same way. I enjoyed it enough. It had its moments. It, is it a show I would watch full now? Probably not. Would love to see a season three episode just to see how it changed formats and see how it works in just a straight sitcom environment. But uh, but yeah, like I said, it doesn't even really matter how I voted because unfortunately for Welcome Freshmen, you're getting the cancel. Only two out of five green lights. So sorry to you guys you don't live on for another episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. Go to S1E1Pod.com. Again, that's where you can find all the links to where you can listen to us, all our social medias, S1E1Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I keep saying it. Hit us up. We love hearing from you guys. We like, we love your stories. We want to know the shows you want us to cover. Ultimately, if we're doing shows that none of you guys like, it's not going to do much for us. So it's going to interact with you guys and be able to do stuff that you guys enjoy as well. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you again next week with another new episode. So until then, thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best stolen valor? No, I think we got the best butthole milk. <laughs> we got the best Coach Roach giant cock for sure. <laughs> <laughs>